Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort from the outside in. 
It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. So you're from Toronto, born and raised? Toronto, born and raised. Okay. Toronto is very ugly from the outside, but beautiful in. Not like you. You're, you're, you're beautiful you. from the outside, and I just can't figure out what your inside is yet. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we have just consumed the first episode of Bachelor in Paradise, season yes. seven. It's back. It's that straight heroin shot right into my fucking vein after two years of sobriety. I loved it. Give me the crabs. Give me the birds. It's all of it. So many fucking creatures. There were crabs, birds, iguanas, birds eating crabs. This had everything. Spoiler. Yeah, big spoiler. But I am so glad Paradise is back. Tonight's episode was, it was just like a perfect setup. Nothing really crazy has mm-hmm. happened yet. It's like, here's your characters. Here's all these relationships forming. And the very end of this episode is they bring in Demigod, who literally said she wants to fuck shit up. I cannot wait for next week. I know it's going to be two episodes in a row, and I know that's a lot to ask of any viewer. But I'm ready to meet the challenge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But thank okay. you guys. <laughs> thank you. That's good to know, Clues. I'm glad you're ready. <laughs> I am also ready, I guess. I would prefer one episode a week if I could manifest that, but looks like I can't. I probably would as well. I'm curious to see how long our recordings of these recaps will go because we are now going to be doing one recap episode that will come out on Wednesdays once they switch their schedule that will encompass both the Monday and Tuesday night episode and then we will have a second episode on the Friday of that week so look out for that minor schedule change but thank you everyone for joining us tonight as we're going to recap this first episode of Bachelor in Paradise season seven and one little piece of business before we get started Our book, How to Win the Bachelor, is available for pre-sale. Pick it up wherever you get your books. It will be the best book that's ever been written, so that will be good for you to have or give to someone else. And as the time gets closer to it coming out, we will implore you even more to pick up copies of this book because we have to make the New Mm -hmm. York Times bestseller list so that we can use that momentum to radically change the face of dating competition shows in America. And it's perfectly timed for Valentine's Day 2022. Well, shall we do it, Pace Case? Shall we dive in? Let's get into it. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Here we go! And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game, This is Game of Roses. So this first episode starts out with a brand new voiceover person. Usually in the old six seasons, it was Dark Lord Harrison telling us this is going to be the craziest Bachelor season of all time, or craziest Bachelor Paradise season of all time. Now, it's Lil John, I think. <laughs> I think. It's not explained, and I was not sure who it was, but the very end, it really seemed like it was Lil John. 
and it's a it's an a it's an intense energy voiceover i like it i love it it is the energy of paradise it's like a little frantic yeah a little crazy super excited super happy about everything that's happening i think he's the perfect voice for paradise especially this one because he's going to be in it we see later but Lil john or whoever this is i think it's Lil john tells us this season in bachelor in paradise is going to be bigger bolder sexier and funnier than ever before and we get a montage of a bunch of kissing, fighting, fire, romance, celebrities, and... Black boxes, uh, galore. Just everything that we've already seen in the promos. Anybody who's actually following Bachelor in Paradise or anything in the Bachelor world online in any of the social media platforms has already seen most of this. But nonetheless, they're putting it out here for the, the common viewer, the layman, the people who just tune in on a Monday night to see what's going on. The people we used to be. Weirdos. We used to be those weirdos. <laughs> Do you remember those days? <sighs> Try to. Try to tap back into I, that. I, <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Um, it is hard. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There was definitely a time where I would sometimes miss the show. Or wouldn't watch the men tell all or something like that. Like missed episodes. There are entire chunks of multiple seasons I missed in a row. Years I didn't watch this show. And now I'm taking 20 pages of notes on every episode making memes in a podcast about it. Nonetheless, that is what our promo was for the rest of the season. It looks to be an explosive season. And then we begin. The true meat of this first episode in portion one. And we start out with a bunch of shots of people on the beach. This is before anyone has actually shown up. We're just getting to know some of the people that are going to be playing our beautiful game out here on the beach of Mexico. Have we had intro videos for Paradise before? I don't know. We have not done a Paradise Hyper Binge. I don't know what the norms are. I mean, I have some memory, obviously, of the most recent seasons of it. Back to season three, really. But I don't know the mechanics of it. I don't know structurally how they they put it together. This is really the first paradise you and I are watching, certainly after the hyper binge. And I think our Mm -hmm. kind of critical eye of studying game mechanics and even how the show's put together, we haven't really had it before. This is kind of a new era for us in, in paradise coverage. But we get a series of 11 intro videos, starting with Serena P., And every person seems to be saying what you will know them for. Serena says, I'm the girl who sent The Bachelor home, which is not actually true. She didn't send Matt James home, but she self-eliminated. And she plays up the fact that she's Canadian. She's walking with a Canadian flag on the beach. She wants to meet Brendan because he's hot. And then, of course, Brendan is the very next intro we get. We see him showering on the beach with his hot self. <laughs> and then we see his self-elimination reel on Tasha's season. And he talks about being broken and needing some healing time and closure. And now he has that. So he's not going to be living in the past anymore. And he's excited about falling in love in paradise. And then we get a 
hawk screeching in the sky. It is the same exact sound effect they used all over the Tamaya Resort for every hawk we saw flying around. And we see Tajwan is the next intro. And we get her whole thing about how she was overheated last time. And this led to Doc Guac and all the different problems she had in her <laughs> first <laughs> run in paradise. And she says... We are a new person. We've been working out. We've been getting our mind right. She's talking about herself in this weird collective tense. <laughs> yeah, she's fanning herself. She says, we are serious about finding love. Want to meet Ivan. And her Chiron, by the way, some of the people's Chirons read what season they were on. And then there's other players. Taj's reads already overheating. <laughs> As so, that is her job. Well, we know they're just going to keep hitting that. And it's like... It's a full edit from the start. Absolutely. Some of these players have full edits from the very beginning. And it's especially true of players who have been in the game from some other thing. Either Bachelor, Bachelorette, or a prior season of Bachelor in Paradise. Whatever we know them from. This is kind of like a uh, Alexis Waters dolphin girl. If you are known for something that was part of a full edit, they're going to exploit that in Bachelor in Paradise. It's going to be the primary component of your persona, of your archetype, until you can overcome it. And you may not be able to. It may stick with you for the duration. I hope not. I hope she's getting a love storyline. But our next intro does not get a full edit. This is Ivan. We see him love level threeing Taisha. And he says he's ready to be a love and to be a dad. And we see a shot of him playing with his niece. And his niece, who helped solidify Ivan's 4TRR status, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. She's very cute. We... Love to see a reprised role. She was on Ivan's Bachelorette season. And it gives us some future casting. If Ivan finds love and he becomes a dad, this is what it would look like. And then our next player is, of course, the goddess herself. Victoria <laughs> Larson comes in doing an aloha. <laughs> she says, Hola, Paradiso. I'm not exactly sure what language Paradiso is. I believe Spanish for paradise is Paraiso. So I don't know what she's doing here. I think she may be making up a word. But uh, her reel from season 25 is played, and we see her throw her queen crown on the ground, and she replaces it with this new, improved goddess crown that has kind of sun rays emanating away from the head. I love this crown on her. Fantastic look. She looks like a meme to me already. I'm going to have to do mm-hmm. very little work to make that fun. Less work for you. <laughs> exactly. But I was very happy to see her this soon in the document. So we know she's going to play hopefully a large role. Yeah. She says that she's had a rebirth. The queen is dead. From her ashes rose a blonde goddess. She's manifesting being the most desired. And she sits in a full goddess tot in some sort of fancy hammock bed. I don't know where this is located. And she says, where do goddesses live? Mount Olympus. Intro six goes to Mari Pepin. She's packing, and she says that she is most known for getting hit by the vibrator. And we see the shot of Katie Thurston performing a steal during Matt James's season and Mari getting hit by MJ, the dildo. And she says, and she's also known for having a big ass, which, by the way, is real. And she wants to meet Kenny. And two birds fly. 
not my creature of the week. And then we also see a little shot of an iguana, not my creature of the week. Then Kenny Brash shows up, and we've got a black box over his genitals as he gets his luggage out of a car. We learn that he's 40 years old, and he says, no clothes, no cares. And from what we learn later, I thought, mistakenly, he was not naked. Because we see a picture of him in a Speedo from that same day in some of the promo material that's on various social media platforms. I thought the black box was a trick designed to make us Mm -hmm. think he's naked when he's actually not. I now have very mixed feelings about it. And we will get to that when he actually touches sand. Me too. I feel like people were reacting as if his his penis was out. See? See? Were they? I don't know. People are sitting down having normal conversations with him and not being like, dude, your cock is out. Can you please not point that thing at me? Can you please cover up while I'm just trying to have a conversation with you? Nobody seemed bothered by it in any real way. Regardless, his Chiron reads naked. So if we are to believe his Chiron, he is naked. I believe nothing this show shows us. Paradise, by the way, (laughs) of all the fucking game formats that our beloved game promotes, Paradise is one that the producers will take the biggest liberties with in terms of spinning lies using editing frank and biting all that kind of stuff literally anything goes on us you'll remember connor saley and i forget who the player was that he was interested oh, whitney. in whitney yes whitney Franceway. when they were crossing supposedly in mm-hmm. two opposing suvs driving past each other on the fucking road that was all acted all acted so are these players? I mean, now they had Claire acting? talking to a raccoon. Exactly. I'm. I, it is not beyond them, in my opinion, that these players are acting that Kenny Brash is naked, and he's actually just wearing like a very tiny speedo or something. Mm-hmm. And the producers are like, "Act like he's naked." Well, he says he might be one of the oldest to ever be in paradise. And I was thinking back, and I was like, Chris Bukowski. They made fun of him being old. They called him Old Man Chris, and I looked it up. He is 34 years old. (laughs) I'm sorry. What did you just say? He was born in 1986, according to the internet. Your face. (laughs) Clues is giving me the most wide-eyed look of his life. (laughs) He looked like he was 50 in that show. No offense to him. The game takes a toll. I get that. But Jesus Christ, 34 years old? Got a lot of life in him still. 30s. Holy shit. Mid-30s. Congratulations to Kenny Brash. He may very well be the oldest player to touch sand. And he's, from what we saw tonight, playing pretty well. After Kenny, we get Kelsey Weir. She shows us a champagne gate reel. She says she's not the same person she was. She's learned to love herself. And she's not looking for someone to fill her holes, she says. And then she talks to Wells about putting a laxative on her face to stop her sweating. And she drinks champagne and says that she hopes she doesn't cry all that much in paradise. Couldn't be more excited to see Kelsey Weir in the game. She is, I believe, the best hoojuer of all time. I don't know if we're going to get to see that, though. I don't know, because I don't feel like she's playing very well. I mean... She's just continuing this fool edit that she basically got for the champagne blasting in her face. And now they're leaning into her sweat and her milk of magnesium. (laughs) Checking in with that storyline. And people don't really hooju on Paradise. 
to my knowledge, to my memory, mm-hmm. to my recollection. Next intro goes to Connor B., the cat man, intro number nine. He plays the guitar. He coins the term cat boy summer. And he loads that he's hoping to find chemistry and a good kiss. So he's continuing this storyline of how he got made fun of for being a bad kisser on Katie's season. And he sings about a few of the women, Abigail being a sweetheart, Brittany is a peach, etc. First song by the Catman. In his intro. Motherfucker has not even put toe in sand and he's already got one song under the belt. I love this. He is doing this correctly. The next intro we have is Jacinia Cruz. We see a reel of her on Matt James' season when she love level threed him and then got eliminated on a one-on-one date. She still believes in love and she's ready to find someone special. She has a dog with her who's very cute and she says in this intro video that she wants to meet GSJ. That's Grocery Store Joe. That brings us to the last intro video. This is GSJ himself, Grocery Store Joe. He is standing by some prepared fruits, and he drops one. He says, I dance, I make pasta, I was on BIP5, dated Kendall for two years. And we see Joe talking with his parents. His dad says, as long as you don't cry, I'm happy. I want to have grandkids before I drop dead. And Joe says he believes in the process. He's ready to get married. His parents are in his thing. We, that's the only mm-hmm. player we saw the parents in. He's already doing some yeah. kind of a weird hometown-ish play in Paradise. I thought that was brilliant. His dad was very funny. And just to bring everybody up to speed... GSJ is the number one night one player of all time, bar none, in terms of Instagram. By a lot. He was a night one guy on season 14 of Bachelorette. That is, of course, Becca Kufrin, who we're going to see coming back to sand shortly. And then he had a deep run on BIP. But now, Grocery Store Joe sits at 612,000 followers, and he's a co-host of... One of the big official Bachelor Nation podcasts, Clickbait. And famously, not a big fan of gore. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know that for sure. They just... We don't know. They read the headline of an article that was about us without (laughs) reading the article and made a lot of snap judgments about who we were as people. But that's neither here nor there. Portion two begins Uh, with a shot of birds. (laughs) And we see David Spade shows up. This is our first celebrity. He makes a bad joke about being at a taco place, and he takes his position in the sand where Was Dark that a Lord... joke? I don't know. Many of his jokes were half-hearted at best, and even the ones that were written well weren't delivered well. There were some problems with David Spade, but I also think he did a few things that were like interesting at the very least. All these kind of things that in, in Dark Lord's absence that we're now seeing the game take different turns, and we're seeing these people who are occupying that role, the functional role, do different things. At the very least, we're in a new experimental era. We're seeing what works and what doesn't. So at the very least, I give credit to anybody who's stepping into that role for what they're doing, all the good and the bad. But Spade here rattles off a bad joke. Uh, Some more bad jokes about not being a contestant. Very reminiscent, actually, of Dark Lord Harrison in episode one, season one of The Bachelor. Hi, I'm Chris Harrison. (laughs) And no, I'm not The Bachelor. I'm a happily married man. That was Dark Lord Harrison's first lines in our document. But Spade tells us this could be the most dramatic BIP ever in history, or at least top 20. Ha ha ha. 
And he says, let's re-meet the people we've already met a hundred times. Let the journey begin. So he's shitting on the actual show here a little bit. The way it's put together, just in that line. That is not something DLH would ever do, obviously. And I did feel like, although he's occupying the same space, the shot looks similar to what Dark Lord Harrison will be doing. This, for me, did not work as the fucking opening to paradise. Dark Lord Harrison was able to convey like, and now paradise is open. And you got this feeling that like, oh, fuck, here we go. I got none of that from Spade here. No, he's just like shitting on it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess here's my mark. Let's do the show, I guess. Let's meet these people a thousand times, whatever. It's not a, it's not an exciting entrance. No, but, but that's also David Spade. That's why he was a bad choice for this. Just because he's a Bachelor fan, Bachelor super fan, doesn't mean he's going to be able to do this properly. He has no enthusiasm for it. And then it's like if the guy who's kind of anchoring the whole thing and meeting the players as they show up isn't happy to be doing this, isn't enthused, the best he can do is like kind of a wry chuckle every once in a while. It's like, eh, I guess... It just doesn't give you that energy you want as we're launching into what is supposed to be, as little John said, the most explosive season ever. We get a shot of two beautiful blue birds, and then we see the first feet, and we get a question we have been pondering for months, who is first sand? And it's female sand. First female sand is Abigail Herringer. First sand is always female. That's seven seasons in a row. She greets David Spade, kind of a blandy entrance here, says she's starstruck. He asks about Matt James. She says it didn't work out. He tells her she's the first one here and calls her a sweetheart. She screams, Paradise, I've arrived. And ITMs that she's not a fragile thing who only talks about hearing loss. So Abigail is coming in to try to correct her narrative as well and we get first male sand right on her toes it's grocery store joe david spade asks him about kendall and he says we broke up after two years david spade says that's like 30 years asks if we're still going by grocery store joe and grocery store joe seems to have finally accepted this nickname and (laughs) david spade makes a joke about if he's gonna double bag it just these fresh fresh modern jokes that just (laughs) (laughs) just you're like oh my god i feel revitalized and excited no nothing makes the show feel older than david spade standing there doing these like at this point they might as well be vaudeville bits it's just (laughs) it's ancient It feels like he should be nowhere near this show. It really makes it feel like as tired as it possibly could. But then we get uh, grocery store Joe. He ITMs that he and Kendall have been broken up long enough that they should both be comfortable with dating other people. This is a literal written line by a producer that they told him to say in this ITM because obviously they're going to bring Kendall back. There's no reason to have Joe on the show if they're not going to blow him up with Kendall. Just for some historical reference, I have pulled out one of my pit papers here. And I was just going to read through the first sands throughout history. First sand on season one was Claire Crawley. You might recognize her as one of your most recent bachelorettes. The first male sand was a guy named Marcus from Andy Dorfman's season. He's the only one of these that, in my opinion, 
is kind of like, eh, who was that? But I believe he was third place on her season. He got engaged. There you go. Season two, Jade Roper was first sin, followed by Jared Iaconetti Highbon. Season three was Amanda Stanton, followed by the Nick Vial. Season four was Raven Gates, followed by Deanie Babies Unglert. Season five was Tia Booth, followed by Eric Bigger. And season six was Hannah Godwin, followed by Baylock Hay, Blake Hortzman. Those are some heavy fucking hitters. And now we <laughs> add Abigail Herringer and Grocery Store Joe GSJ to that list. Congratulations. GSJ. I mean, a night one guy getting first male sand. It's unbelievable. Never thought you'd see it. I assumed that we would be getting one of the top heartbreak edits on Thurston season for this position, mm. such as Alio, Andrew Spencer, or Grippo. But we did not. He does have some of the most Instagram followers, though. But they also, you can see why they're doing it. They want to build him up. They want to give him enough time to get involved in some kind of relationship. They've already been doing the pre-calculations of like, oh, he could wind up with Serena P or whoever, so that they can destroy him by bringing Kendall in. They have to give him this time. They want to have his story be the most weighted story so they can destroy him. Third sand goes to Ivan Hall. David Spade calls him a fan favorite. Let's get you out there. And he says that he is hoping to see Serena P. And Joe says, I'm hoping to see Serena P as well. Our first hint of a love triangle. I also love this part right before that, before Ivan comes. Abigail and Joe meet each other on the beach for the first time and no one else is there. And Abigail's like, what brings you here for a second time? And I'm just like, Instagram followers, what are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, That's why all of you were here. Literally. Tan. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for love. Then, after Ivan, Serena P. herself is fourth sand. We get no David Spade intro here. She just comes out onto the beach. She runs to hug Abigail, and Ivan tells Joe, may the best man win. They're already pitted against each other. They both know it, and this is perfect. This is, in my opinion... For Paradise, this is what the producers do very well. They will arrange the order of people showing up to produce these triangles immediately so that the tension is high from the very, very beginning, and it's perfect. And then Joe ITMs, don't come here, people. This is a love trap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he says pressure's on. Joe is already starting to unravel. Fifth sand goes to Huju extraordinaire Kelsey Weir. She does, and it takes two Kringle with David Spade, comes in with a champagne bottle and two glasses. Figured I'd start paradise with you and some champagne. Let's him, let Spade do the honors. And he tries to open the bottle and can't, and we cut to commercial. Pace case, the first known use of cosmetics was in ancient Egypt, some 4,000 years B.C. and Eyeliner? It was eyeliner as well as some other stuff. The ancient Egyptians would use it to convey wealth, to convey power, to convey favor with the gods. And now, 6,000 years later, we're still using cosmetics. And there's a company called Thrive Cosmetics that is amazing. 
Thrive Cosmetics products are made with clean, high-performance, skin-loving ingredients. Their clinically proven formulas not only highlight your best features, they actually improve your skin over time. All Thrive Cosmetics products are formulated without parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. Thrive Cosmetics never test on animals. They're Leaping Bunny and PETA certified as 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And Thrive Cosmetics has a bold mission that's truly bigger than beauty. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. We're talking about women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and a whole lot more. Clues, I am assuming you're not a mascara user, are you? Not usually, no. There is one frustrating part about mascara. Mascara, I think, makes everyone look better, regardless of anything. But there is the most frustrating part is that it is hard to take off. And sometimes there's products that can get in your eye and they'll sting or you'll just it'll be too hard to get off and you'll just sleep in it, which is not good. And something that I love about the Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara is not only is it a fantastic mascara, your lashes are going to be to the ceiling and beyond. They're going to look beautiful. It is also super easy to take off. It's gentle on my lashes. It's the type of thing that I feel like I can wear every day. And that is a very important thing to be in a mascara. It's easy, beautiful, and comes off easily so that I can sleep with a clean face. I love everything about Thrive Cosmetics. Their products are the best I've ever used and their bigger than beauty mission is truly inspiring. I believe gore listeners are going to love them as much as I do. Visit thrivecosmetics.com slash roses for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here that's thrive, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash roses for 15% off your first order. Thrivecosmetics.com slash roses. Thrive. <laughs> Pace case, I'm primarily motivated by passion. I know it may not seem mm. like that, but why I get up in the morning. Why I watch The Bachelor, why I do this show is passion, plain and simple. It keeps me going. And we all have passions. Some people, it's like practicing yoga. Some people, it's like making good food. Some people, it's painting, it's drawing, it's playing video games. Whatever it may be, we all got passions that push us to do big things in life. And some people have a passion for selling your crafts online. And you don't do that. Because you have a burning love for logistics and order management, you do it because you like the craft. That's why they're ShipStation. They make it easy to manage your orders and get your products out the door so you can get back to doing what you really love, growing the business that you're passionate about. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier using ShipStation's deeply discounted rates, and you can automate just about any shipping task. It's no wonder 100,000 plus online sellers choose ShipStation for their shipping needs. No matter how you sell, Shopify, Etsy, your own website, 
ShipStation funnels all of your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. My main entry point to the primary world. You'll even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. Easily compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates, usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies, without the contracts or commitments. Ship more in less time for a lot less money. Just use our offer code, ROSES, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. What more could you want? Just go to ShipStation.com, that's S-H-I-P, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in ROSES. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code ROSES. Make. Ship. Happen. After Kelsey, you really fucked me with this one. Of course you do this to me on leg day. I said, David Spade seems 100,000 years old here. (laughs) I didn't understand this at all. Am I really supposed to believe he can't open a bottle of champagne? That was a bit, right? The producers are like, pretend like you can't open it. And then we'll use that as the cliffhanger to cut to a commercial. This did not (laughs) work for me at all. Other than... None of this worked. (laughs) I did write something about a creature that happened in there. And I'll just read it to you because I was like, maybe this will be my creature of the week. But it wasn't. Yeah, read it. Give me a little treat. She brings champagne, which Spade has trouble opening. The birds in the jungle surrounding him chitter away. The parrot, who casts a judgmental gaze on Spade's inability to open a simple bottle of champagne in the presence of the key figure in season 24's Champagne Gate, was my creature of the week. That's not, not my creature of the week, but this is what I wrote. We all know how important Kelsey in Weir is. the key figure. <laughs> we all know how important Kelsey Weir is to the game. And this parrot, this parrot was not having Spade's open insult to the best hoojuer of all time for that show of respect. In turn, I show respect to this parrot with my creature of the week but that was not my creature of the week it was just something i wrote you no longer respect it no i still like that parrot very much because i also felt that the parrot was like it understood that this bit was stupid Mm -hmm. the parrot was like are you fucking kidding me dude i gotta live in this fucking jungle and watch this shit (laughs) the animals definitely seem to be judging we come back to portion number three spade finally opens the bottle of champagne they cheers She immediately hands him her drink as she goes in. I'm like, why didn't she bring that drink down onto the beach? And he says, what am I, a bus boy? Cool, very cool, making fun of bus boys. (laughs) She had that champagne bottle. She has the glasses. You, You want that shot of you coming down the stairs with those props. This was a mistake by her. Not an error technically, but Kelsey Weir is... Unfortunately, and we're going to get to this, she's not playing a strong game so far. I hope she can turn it around next week, but so far, not impressed. Ivan chats with Serena P and asks her how she's going to deal with everyone coming after her. She says, hi, you're hilarious. And we immediately get the sixth sand, Brendan Rias. He does not get a moment with David Spade. He does a big sup dog to Ivan. And all of the women seem to like him. 
And then we get this this beautiful moment. This is where we start to see some of the, the real first play of Paradise. We've got GSJ and Brendan standing by the bar, and they're talking about who each one of them's into, and GSJ's ITMing that he already has low confidence being in Brendan's presence because he knows how to dress. And we get this thing where he's like insecure about just wearing the shorts and t-shirt. And then we cut out, and after he makes this failed joke about trying to be George Clooney, Kelsey then gives GSJ a new nickname, not Grocery Store Joe, but Jim Joe, because it looks like he came from the gym in his shitty t-shirt and shorts. (laughs) And then Brendan actually tries to come to his defense, and Brendan's like, no, you know, I don't even have a nickname. At least you have one. That's good. People know you for something. And then Kelsey's like, actually, you do have a nickname. It's called Best Dressed. I did like this move by Kelsey, handing out nicknames, the nickname giver. We get Seventh Sand. It is Natasha Parker, another clickbait host. She does not get a David Spade moment. She chats with Ivan, and he says, what are you looking for? And she says, festive, flirty, fun. One more F, I'm not going to say. And Joe asked Natasha if he looks like he just got out of the gym. (laughs) his fellow host we don't see at this point any mention of the fact that they work together every week they don't bring it up not here not in the rest of the fucking episode that the word clickbait is never said are they ever going to talk about that i mean podcasts have been discussed on bachelor in paradise remember Derek and John Paul Jones. Yes. And there was a 4TWR accusation of sleeping with people in the DMs or something. I feel Mm -hmm. like podcast is like a 4TWR topic. So I don't think they're going to do it for their main romantic storylines. But that is a Bachelor-owned podcast. A Bachelor-promoted podcast. It's like being on the show, as Mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. Like, is Becca Kufrin going to not be able to talk about happy hour? No, she won't be able to. I know this. Check this out, though. Three (laughs) fucking people out of the two official Bachelor Nation podcasts are in paradise this year. It's wild. It's wild to me. We've... (laughs) And you would also think that they would come in with strong gameplay. And honestly, I think GSJ does have strong gameplay. Oh, I do too. We shall see what Natasha is doing. I'm not sure exactly what her strategy is. She's doing a little bit of a colorful narrator thing here, which I feel like is good for a podcaster. Yeah, I'm I'm still hazy on her overall strategy as well. She was a little all over the place, at least in the edit tonight. But Eighth Sand is then Tammy Lai. She ITMs uh, after meeting Dave in Spade. She calls him David Chappelle. Doesn't know who he is. Cannot remember his last name. And then she comes onto the beach and intros herself to everyone and burps loudly after having a few drinks. Then we get ninth sand is Jacinia Cruz. Tenth sand is Trey Cooper. Eleventh sand is Aaron Clancy. And Tammy ITMs that she had her eye on him before he even got there. She likes him and we see that that's going to be set up now. And then twelfth sand is Kenny Brash. And we see that beautiful black box over what is supposedly his naked genitalia. And David Spade talks to him about how good he looks at age 40. And then Spade makes a tasteless joke about tuna fish. David Spade says, there's a lot of tuna down here. And then looks at the camera and says, in the ocean. This dated and extremely offensive joke calling women tuna was my... 
error, 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 error of the game. I cannot get over the fact that they put this in the document. It was very astounding to me as well. That's an easy <laughs> lift. Very easy to just cut that right out Clean and have no, lift. <laughs> no effect on the show whatsoever other than there's no one that could have this reaction to it. But they left it in. Somebody liked it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's a bad joke. It's an old joke. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, it's not. offensive, crude, like all of it. There's no benefit to it. I don't understand why it was no. left in the show. I don't know. I, I feel like the producers or the editors were enamored with David Spade and just saw everything he was doing as great and wonderful and weren't like, oh. hey, let's not put these in. Because I bet like You're for them, totally this right. is like their huge get. Yep. And... They probably just let him do whatever he wants. And then they're like, let's use as much material of him as possible. They're advertising it as the funniest BIP season ever. So You're 100% right. They didn't cut out any jokes he did. Every joke he said is going to be in the show. No. I mean, they literally start with him being like, I was just getting a taco. And it's like, this is a joke because he's in Mexico. And it's a like he was down the beach. It doesn't even make sense. Anyway, this was the worst one for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I would like to unsee hear this. I mean, he literally didn't have a funny joke. It was all just kind of like, I get it. I, I understand this was an attempt at a joke. None of it was actually funny. But at this point, Kenny Brash comes down onto the beach and Brendan says that he's fully nude. So I'm like, okay, maybe he is. But nobody really seems bothered by it. Nobody's like, holy mm -hmm. shit. His dick's out. People are just kind of like, oh, what? Yeah, they have this reaction that's like, to me, indicative of, of he's wearing a very skimpy little Speedo, like a banana mm -hmm. hammock type thing. That's what it felt like to me. That it's because they were kind of like, oh, wow, he's really doing that, huh? But it wasn't like, imagine if you saw somebody you didn't know just completely fucking naked and then they're standing there having drinks with you and talking. You wouldn't be like, Jesus Christ, dude. Nobody's having that reaction. Right. No, I it was it did seem more like the reaction that they're seeing like a Daniel Maguire homage, which yes. to me is what this was. The Canadian who was on BIP who wore the Canadian flag speedo. Um, but this it honestly like seemed to go really well and he gets some interaction from the women. Serena P gives him her shawl and she and Tammy wrap up whatever <laughs> is there. Natasha doing her colorful narrator thing saying you gotta admire art <laughs> for sure whatever it is whether he's in a speedo or fully naked this was a very good play I would guess I consider it a taut is nudity yeah. a taut I consider this a taut I mean the thing okay. is we're they're not official limo exits and part of it is that we don't even see a lot of their entrances with David Spade I like some of the people got to talk to him some of them didn't but I would say that was a taut-esque. Yeah, I agree. And it's good. It's like calling back his character, right? Because there were naked pictures of him somewhere, right? I'm not sure. Oh, on Instagram, I think so. I think you're right. Like nude modeling type things. 
Then we get some one-on-one time with Serena P. and Abigail Herringer. They are both waiting for more people in Abigail ITMs that there isn't anyone to hit it off with. And on cue, we get 13th Sand, young Noah Herb. He tells David Spade that he likes Abigail. So we know that that's going to work out. And then he comes to Sand and he immediately pulls Abigail for one-on-one time. The very next thing we see is him saying, hey, you want to go talk? And they discuss what they're expecting for Paradise. He wants to find someone he can go further with, a real relationship. They're laughing together. All the other players see this fucking shit happening, and they're shipping it immediately. Every other player, the second audience, is rallying around this early first relationship, really, that's building in Paradise. And this is beautifully done by Noah Erb. Comes directly to Sand, picks who he wants, let's go talk, and now everybody else sees that. And they're kind of like, Abigail's off limits. That seems to be working. And so the other players have no choice but to support this new relationship. Young Noah Herb pulling Abigail first, telling her, I was hoping you'd be here early. Immediately targeting her was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It is not an all eggs in one basket play yet, a la Dylan Barber regarding Hannah Godwin. But he does load that later. He is, to me, the only person who seemed like he was coming in to play, targeting the person who he knew was most likely to be first female sand and isolating her. I thought this was brilliant and he will get rewarded for it with the date card yeah I, it was stunning i really didn't expect to see such strong play from anybody this quickly let alone young Noah herb although he did have some really good plays remember him shaving off the mustache he did he, he could yeah. pull some things out so congrats to Noah herb on your play of the game that was my, not my play of the game mine was uh comes a little bit later but right around this time someone appeared on screen Briefly, <laughs> but it was a bartender in the background, not Wells Adams. This is the person who actually makes the drinks when Wells is in his trailer uh, in air conditioning. There was a dude at the bar in a mask making their drinks. And this actual bartender was my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week the people who are the staff that make bachelor in paradise function which are in many cases the people that work at this resort i think are vastly underutilized and certainly vastly underappreciated so i just want to throw some appreciation their way with this prestigious award very fast screen time. I did not even notice the real bartender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like half a second. The, the camera just kind of whip pans past and you're like, who the fuck is that? We then see Serena P talking with grocery store Joe. Now this conversation <laughs> was fucking crazy. She's like, yeah, I was born and raised in Toronto. And he goes, Toronto is very ugly from the outside, but very beautiful within. The opposite of you who's beautiful outside, and I'm actually still getting to know the inside, and then he ITMs being awkward. Indeed he is. And then he talks about how sweaty he is with her. This entire conversation by GSJ was my... Error, 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 error of the game. 
first of all, GSJ, Toronto's a fucking <laughs> beautiful city on the outside. It's like New York, except without the smells of piss and shit and all the dirt and chaos. It's beautiful. It's gleaming, pristine. Even the graffiti in Toronto is fucking beautiful. It's the best graffiti you've ever seen in your life. It's like professional level shit. The buildings that have it on the side like it on the side. They ask graffiti artists to come do it because they're so fucking good. Everyone's polite there. Everyone's Mm. nice. Everyone cares for the city. It's a beautiful city. I don't know what he's talking about. But even if it wasn't, you don't say this shit right after somebody says I was born and raised in the city. And then you're like, well, that city looks like fucking shit. <laughs> Just a terrible move. I mean, not as terrible as the tuna line, but I would say it was definitely an error as well. <laughs> and then they cut straight to fucking Joe watching as Brendan piggyback rides Serena away to have some one-on-one time with her as well. So they, they reinforce that this was a bad conversation he had with her as Brendan picks her up and carries her off. Joe ITMs, I don't know if I fit in. And we get a couple more entries to BIP. Number 14 on sand, Connor B. No David Spade conversation. And Deandra coming in at number 15. No David Spade conversation. And then Joe has a interesting ITM. He says that his conversation with Serena P was like talking to Kendall. Then he makes some very strange mouth noises for a long time. And he's basically falling long apart on day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the same time as producing tears. I was like, what is this combo? He is breaking down. Day one, they have achieved what they were hoping to build to later. They're like, fuck, we're melting this guy down too quick. We got to pull him back. We got to pull him back. And eventually the producers do. But this is how we end portion three, wondering if GSJ is even going to stick around in sand or not. Then portion four begins. We open with a, a fun montage. Everybody's running into the ocean, having fun, having drinks. And we get that beautiful 16th position 16th sand goes to the goddess herself victoria larson she comes in in the goddess crown and she says she still wants to take over after spade compliments her on looking good did you notice as she comes in there's ladders everywhere did you notice that did i notice there were ladders in almost every scene yeah what you think? I thought we were done with the ladders. I thought we left the ladders on Katie's season and I could be free. They're going to be in every season now. They're making the show for us. You understand that, right? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, everything that's happening in the show is for you and me. The ladders are for you. The squirrels and the demons are for me. You know that, right? When I saw the ladders, and there were ladders in so many scenes, that was my initial instinct. I was like, they are messing with me. And I need you to be like, no, pace case. This is just their art department. These are the, these are the tools they have. I need you to say that. I, that. I do not need you to say they're making the show for us. The tools they have. Look, if there would have been a couple of ladders in it, maybe. Maybe their art, tomor- maybe their art department bought too many ladders, and they're just going to bleed them out through paradise, get rid of the ones they got, whatever. There Uh were a thousand fucking ladders everywhere. 
it wasn't like they were just using a couple of accent <gasps> ladders. Ladders were the main uh-huh. body of the visual language they have developed to tell the story of Paradise Season 7. I mean, you're right. I don't know what to tell you. Like, Just enjoy it. At least creatures... At least creatures were in the document before we started podcasting. And I'm like, if I go back in these early seasons, am I going to see ladders? I don't, I don't know. think so. Because I think we would have noticed it. You don't think so? No. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like the traditional bachelor motif is like candles and flowers and like... Right. Oh, God. Okay. Well... Uh, Victoria does get time with David Spade, who calls her Corn Queen. And she tells him, the go- it's goddess now, the queen is dead. He says, I didn't get CC'd on that. Um, that's, that's meaning like a memo, but for the modern era. No, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's, I think, what he's going for here. And he says, you look great. You're in great shape. Okay. She says she definitely wants to take over, and David Spade says she's going to start some shit. Meanwhile, Serena P. and the other girls are putting their hands, their jazz hands together in front of some ladders, declaring it a drama-free zone. Not and then, working. of course, <laughs> the goddess then enters to create some drama, and Brendan tells the other guys that she smelled good when he hugged her. And then we get this little thing. It's Wells Adams and David Spade are Wait. kind of... You're just going to skip over Jasenia's line to Victoria? What was it? You are glowing. Jasenia glows Victoria. Oh, come on. That's not... (laughs) That's not a real glow. I mean, she used the word, but it's not the same glow. Look, I'm not putting in the stats, but I'm putting it in what I'm saying. Fair. Fair enough. And then we get this little moment between Wells Adams and David Spade where they're basically having an analysis of where we are up to this point. And Wells Adams tells Spade that Serena P is the big woman on campus and Joe, Ivan, and Brendan are all into her. And we, this has not ever happened. Dark Lord Harrison has never had this moment where he's talking to someone else who's outside the game about what's shaping up, who are the players to watch, basically. But here we get it with uh, Spade and Wells. And he makes a joke about Grocery Store Joe and says, tell Joe 10 items or less. This is a reference, I believe, to grocery stores. Yes. If you didn't get that one. It's a solid pun. And then we get 17th San, Marissa Gunn, and 18th San, Mari Pepin. I was very happy to see her come back. And then Spade and Adams seem to be watching like almost on a monitor somewhere. And they are doing a play-by-play of all this. As Mari comes to San, Spade says, hug, hug, I'll see you in three days. He's basically doing the... I hate you in three days. Oh, I hate you I love you, you I love days. you, I'll hate you in three days. But he's doing like a running commentary while he's watching her come out and hug people. This is literally mm-hmm. like color play-by-play of a sport. Yes. And then at one point, they do this at the end, and Wells seems to know stuff that was just filmed. <laughs> that shit, I couldn't fucking believe. We'll get to it. We will get to yeah. that. Holy yeah, shit. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Kenny has his eye on Mari, calls her the hottest girl on Matt James's season, and they're hanging out on the daybed. He is still black boxed. I mean, when they're hanging out on the bed, I don't believe he is fully nude when he's touching the furniture. I, I choose to believe that. 
just can you imagine <laughs> the first time you meet somebody you're like let's go over there and lay down on this thing this like reclining thing on the beach okay but my dick and balls are going to be out and also we're all sweating our asses off are you cool like there's no way he's fucking naked right there and still able to then like have any kind of coherent conversation that's going to lead to him making out with her later. Are you saying you've never met anybody when you are naked before? No, I have <laughs> never. I'm not saying some people don't, but I'm saying that I think most people's reaction to that would not be one that was like, yeah, whatever, let's have a conversation, see where it goes. It would be like, dude, you got to put on some pants first, then I can talk to you. Yeah. It definitely doesn't line up with his line of, I'm a coffee and chill kind of vibe, kind of boring as I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have some coffee and chill. Also, my dick has to be out 24 hours a day. Um, <laughs> Mari reveals her age is 25. We had a lot of fun age reveal moments in this episode. And Ketty says, I'm pretty old compared to you, 40. And she says, I like older guys. My oldest was 15 years older. And we're we're tracking... Kelsey Weir's sweat storyline. She says the milk magnesium is really helping. I mean, maybe positive for Kelsey. Maybe she has stock in this milk magnesium and she's going to sell it. Yeah, I think they're going to blow her up. I think she's going to start sweating profusely and that's going to be her the end of her time. Mm. That's what it feels like to me. I don't think she's going to stick around through this first round. Yeah, we haven't seen her kissing anyone. 19th Sand goes to Taj Wan. Her Chiron still says already overheating. She says stuff's going to happen and then I'm going to be crying. And she does get to talk to David Spade who says, you've been here and I heard you were boiling hot. It's about the same this time. She's like, still hot. Trey says that he thinks he knows her and he ITMs that he's interested immediately. Taj says, I know Trey because I went on a date with his uncle. And then they talk, and she says, I don't think that Trey knows. And Trey says, how did you meet him regarding the uncle? And she says, dating app, and we kissed. And he calls it a <laughs> Twilight Zone scenario. It's so BRB. <laughs> like, the coincidence of that, producers must have loved it, obviously. But that's fucking insane. Yeah. Oh, I love this shit. I hope it keeps getting brought up. I hope we get to see the uncle on sand. Like, please let this oh, fucking happen. I hope happen. we get an uncle's blessing. A remote uncle blessing on FaceTime? After Taj Wan's admission to kissing Trey's uncle on a date, we see a quick volley of new sand. 20th sand goes to James Bonsall. 21st sand, Victoria Paul. 22nd sand, Serena Chu. And then Aaron and Trey are talking about douchebags and saying they wouldn't be surprised to see Carl touch sand. And indeed, 23rd sand goes to Carl Smith. He enters and... Many people are not into this, and that ends portion four. Portion five begins with Carl ITMing that K-Swiss has arrived, and he's looking to find his future wife. We are turning up all the way, he says. I just love how he's like, I'm here to find my future wife. Time to turn up. Where them wives yeah. at? It's just like the craziest. <laughs> turn up fucking- and get engaged. <laughs> ah. I am Fuck, I hope he sticks around a long time. I just... God damn, I love watching that guy. He's so cringy. And then after a brief interaction, Tajwan ITMs that she does not want to talk to Carl. So he immediately <laughs> is persona non grata. No one is going to give him the time of day, it seems like. And he gets made fun of for wearing tennis shoes to the beach. 
And that is it. That rounds out the first 23 players. And we get this feeling that that's going to be our first batch because David Spade comes out and he says, okay, time for everybody to go into the palapa. And he says living room. I was like, why didn't you even say palapa, David? Dave? He doesn't know the, the terminology very well, apparently. And after he does a few bad jokes, he brings Wells out who is the real arbiter of the rules here. He plays the functional role of Dark Lord Harrison when he tells them that it is a find love or go home style of play with new people coming in all the time. Some weeks men have roses, some weeks women, and there are this week 10 guys have roses for 13 women. So at this point, at least, we think three women are going to be going home. And then Mm. they're ushered into their rooms. This I found interesting. I don't remember ever seeing inside the rooms where they stay on other paradises because in my head it was like, you know, they were always just kind of wooden slats stretched over wire frames, maybe with some loose palm fronds for blankets mm-hmm. if you need it. Just like the we worst. We would see them getting position. ready in the oh, mirrors. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. That's true. But yeah, we see the bunk beds. They all do an I Love Cleveland and shout, Welcome to Paradise off the balcony. And we see. They have now split everyone into gender. Guys are having a chat. <laughs> Trey is excited. Usually it's us pursuing them. And they make fun of Trey. Trey's not doing a damn thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, the women are pissed that they don't have the power. The Victorias both want to be courted. It's basically both groups think the other ones should be putting in the work to make the initial move to talk to anyone. And Aaron tells all the guys that he's thinking about Tammy getting his rose. Brennan says his best, best conversation was with Natasha, but she's got to work for the rose if she wants it, he says. And then Trey admits that he would give his rose to Tajwan. And she says she likes him too, even though she dated his uncle. And then GSJ shows back up in the document and he tells him it feels like it's early, but time goes fast here in paradise. He warns everybody game of time. We know that. Thank you, Anna Redman. And then night falls, and people are trying to figure out who to talk to and how to do that talking. And we see Natasha Parker and Kenny Brash having a little one-on-one time out near the ocean. And she tells him that she dated a guy who was 50. Then Mari ITM's not getting comfortable as he talks to other people. She's watching him talk to Natasha Parker. And her biggest fear, she says, is not being on the same page as the person she's interested in. And that ends portion five. We are in summer, the best season of the year. And what better way to get into the carefree spirit of summer than with a brand whose apparel and accessories are all about that laid back living and enjoying life to the fullest. Shop now and give back with Pura Vida. Pura Vida is one of the coolest apparel and accessory brands out there, and giving back has always been at the core of what they do. Pura Vida was started by two California surfers who went to Costa Rica and fell in love with the art and laid-back lifestyle. They began partnering with Costa Rican artisans to create beautiful braided bracelets selling millions each year. A portion of what they make goes back to causes you care about. They partner with over 200 charities worldwide. Pura Vida's fair trade apparel and artisan-made accessories are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, 
And just so for TRR, I am currently eyeing the raw gemstone ring, particularly mm. in rose quartz. I'm very into pink lately. You can bring the good vibes wherever you go with this simple yet chic raw gemstone ring. This sleek silver look comes in five gorgeous gemstones, Amazonite, Amethyst, Moonstone, Rose Quartz, and Turquoise. They each exude a different vibe because each stone is 100% unique. No two look alike. And Rose Quartz, that stone, you know what that stone means? Love. Hmm. Very for TRR. Perfect for our beloved game. Pura Vida has, is known for their beautiful handmade bracelet, braided bracelets that are unisex. They're fully adjustable and 100% waterproof, so you can live in them 24-7, never take them off. That's very much the Pace Case vibe <laughs> of <laughs> no work, just everything as easy as possible. They have styles that are super affordable. Their bracelets start at $6 and their rings start at 12 People love to buy several for stacking, mixing, and matching. And Pura Vida has hassle-free returns on all clothing. No hassle. Pura Vida. Look good and do good. To get 20% off your Pura Vida order, text ROSES to the number 38817. That's the word ROSES to the number 388 one seven and you're going to get 20 percent off at pura vita terms apply available at puravitabracelets.com slash terms text roses to three eight eight one seven pura vita portion number six begins taj and brendan are talking and he says you keep coming back it'll work out eventually taj calls him a gorgeous man in her itm and brendan asks her what will happen tonight referring to is there going to be a date card and we see more professional era strategizing here. Serena P says, do you think they'll give a date card to one of us or to someone new? Noah, summing everyone up, says, we already have 50 people on this beach. His math is a little off, but the sentiment is correct. You are already packed in. They're going to be giving a date card to somebody already there. And then James Bonsall walks in with that date card. Abigail gets it. It says, it's finally your time to fall in love. And she not only got first sand, she's getting the first date card. That is a huge elevation for her. They obviously want her to do well. By they, I mean the producers. And so she stands before the group and she picks young Noah Herb, his initial Paying off my her. play of the game. Yeah, it's fantastic. And they walk away on their date and everybody ships them and loves that they're together. A cute couple. And as they walk down the beach, we see another figure in the darkness walking along the shoreline, and it is GSJ skulking around in the shallows. <laughs> so creepy. Could you imagine? You're out with like fucking 23, you know, friends of a sort. You know some of them, but you've all been through the same experience, and you're like, oh, this is fun. We're going to get drunk and hang out and like whatever. And there's just some creepy fucker just wandering back and forth on the shoreline by himself. <laughs> Wouldn't you be like, what in the fuck is that dude doing? To be fair, I feel like probably everyone walks on the beach, but they just show GSJ. You think everybody's out there doing that by themselves? GSJ? I think everyone walks along the beach, see the beauty of nature at some point. (laughs) I think they're getting as drunk as they possibly can, trying to secure those fucking roses, playing the game hardcore. He's Mm. out there doing God knows what, but I just found it a funny shot. (laughs) 
Wells says about him, he deserves the best. It takes a lot of courage to do it again. I think everything came flooding back. Natasha ITMs, he underestimated how surreal it was going to be. They're given this sad boy edit for Joe. He ITMs, what am I doing here? While the group, the other group does shots. <laughs> and he's basically raising least- walls here. Not to any other players specifically, just a generalized wall game to the game itself. Can he even play this game again? Is the question that he is basically putting forth for us to answer. And then portion seven begins. And we see a bird walking in the surf. Victoria Larson is going to mingle and try to talk to people. She explains the five-second rule of attraction <laughs> through smiling at someone for five seconds to get somebody to look at you, and then they'll come over and talk. And we see kind of a poorly edited version of her supposedly attempting to do this five-second rule, but no one's coming to talk to her. And she says that her goddess energy hasn't kicked <laughs> in yet. <laughs> and she wishes she had a date card like Abigail. She wants that power. Yeah, it doesn't everybody wish that they had a fucking date card, of course. We see the Abigail and Noah date. They're in a pinata warehouse. Noah ITMs, this is a person I feel like I could get engaged to. He is in the right mindset. Totally. He's known her for literally five minutes. It's fantastic. (laughs) He's really playing very well. He brings up how she seems too grateful for him pulling the chair out. And Abigail plays some walls here. She says she she doesn't go on a lot of dates. She's comfortable being single. And she takes things very slow. Then he cracks off what I thought was the funniest joke in the whole show. Way funnier than any Spades material where he's like, you mean like you move slow physically? (laughs) Like a fucking sloth, basically. And it got a big laugh out of her. And I was like, that is a funny fucking joke. And she says, no, I was like talking to my ex for eight months before we were officially boyfriend and girlfriend. And he says, it's hard to move slow, inferring or implying it's hard to move slow in paradise because obviously it's a sped up game of time. And she says she has to be sure before she calls anybody her boyfriend. She friend zones guys really easily. And I felt like Herb could have gone in for a kiss here, blasting the friend zone to smithereens, Mm. but he played it well. He did it. Better, I think, than that. He waited, he bided his time, and we'll see a little bit later when he gets that kiss, but he does get one. We, back at the beach, we see Connor B and Marissa, uh, Catman ITMs that his cat kiss wasn't great, and he tells Marissa, I told myself I wasn't going to kiss anyone on the first day. Marissa says, me too. Connor says, that's cute. And she says, I guess you just kiss someone like me and they kiss. And he's getting this redemption storyline. Marissa ITMs, Katie's wrong. Connor B is a great kisser. And this was technically the first kiss of paradise, at least in terms of what they showed us in the document. I don't know who actually got the first kiss, chronologically speaking, but this is the first kiss we see. In Paradise Season 7. The only person who knows is Wells. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, exactly. The He's studying the, the fucking footage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then we come to some one-on-one time with Trey and Taj Wan. He tells her that he doesn't want to come on too strong, and a bug begins to torment her. Trey then kills the bug without hesitation and slips right back into game. He says that she's a very quality woman, and he's ready to get to know her. She says she needs someone to go for it, 
who knows what they want, and Trey does not fucking blink an eye. He goes in for a kiss. Trey's handling of this one-on-one time by killing the bug that was bothering Tajwan and then going in for a kiss when she cues him to do so was my... Play, 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 play of the game. I thought it was just off the charts in terms of controlling the situation. She's frantic about this bug that's been bothering her. Oh my God, this bug, this bug, this bug. He kills it. I need somebody who's bold and who's going to go after it. Okay, he does it immediately. He is all gameplay mm-hmm. in this moment, and I thought it worked perfectly for him. And then she even ITMs that she enjoyed kissing him more than his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> She's hilarious. crazy. Yeah, it was great. I, I love this play. It also, to my knowledge, was the first love level one here by Trey, saying yeah. that he likes talking to her. She has great energy. He's interested in getting to know her. We cut back to the young Noah Herb versus Abigail date where he's telling her she needs to relax and he ITMs that she's guarded and has walls built up. He has acknowledged the walls. But he tells her he can tell there's a lot more to her. She's not just a quiet, nice girl. She says, I'm not outwardly emotional. I don't cry. I bury it all inside, which we know from the promo she's going to be using some tear play. And Noah says, I feel like you have a heart of gold. That's why everyone was clapping for you. And I don't think you hear that enough, and I think you deserve it. Cheers to first dates, and hopefully hearing more things like that. I want to smash all night long these pinatas. Very Spadian kind of joke there from Mm -hmm. young Noah Herb. Kind of a modern spade, using the term smash. I feel like spade would have been like, what what would a Gen Xer say? Version huh? of Smash. What's a Gen Xer version of Smash? Fucking? I no. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, please. Oh, fine, whatever. Forget it. <laughs> okay. Well, then young No Herb gets himself out of that friend zone with a kiss, and they both theorize that this is maybe the first kiss in Paradise. Mistakenly, they theorize that. And then we get a makeout montage of Trey and Tajwan, Ivan, and Serena P. I want to say this was Jasenia. This was my runner-up for error, was the fact that Ivan and Jasenia had this conversation that didn't warrant showing us the kiss lead in line, at least. I couldn't even tell All who it was All of these other couples, we at least saw that. It was in silhouette. And then we saw Aaron and Tammy. We saw Connor and Marissa Gunn. And we see Kenny and Mari Pepin. And every one of these couples basically says they believe they had the first kiss in paradise. Only one can be true. We don't know who that's going to be. And then we see Noah back on his date and he picks up Abigail Herringer and kisses her one last time to round out portion seven. Portion eight begins. (laughs) Wait, wait. One last thing. Young Noah Herb in his ITM loads on all eggs one basket he says abigail is the only girl i'm interested in we will see how that pans out for young noah herb and then portion eight begins with an image of a bird 
Wading through the shallow waters of the beach of paradise, Natasha and Brendan do some, in quotes, shadow dancing in the waves, and a crab comes over to them. This crab was strutting his stuff. And then he gets eaten by the bird. And for this crab's sacrifice to our beloved game, allowing his life essence to be consumed by this bird, I give this crab my... (laughs) Creature of the Week! This bird that dismantled the F out of this crab on sand was my... Creature of the Week. Look, I'm choosing violence. I can see that. It's episode one. The bird came to play like a young Noah herb. And a Trey Cooper. You will be remembered, Crab. I thank you for your service. Then we get some more kissing montages. DeAndre Canoe, ITM, she doesn't know what to think about all the kissing. GSJ is skulking around some more, and he heads to the bar to talk with Wells. He says he doesn't know if he should be in paradise, and Wells tells him he understands the, in quotes, PTSD of it all, but that he should keep his heart open. <laughs> he's like look dude i understand this place is the most traumatic fucking place in the world to you but keep your heart open and gsj says that he wants to leave and then serena p itms that joe seems to be struggling and she says she wants to know more about him and we get this beautiful one-on-one time between serena and gsj and she says are you getting engaged at the end of this and he's like that's a big deal his relationship with kendall ran its course And he explains why they broke up. It was more of a distance thing. And they were getting down to the part where they had to talk about kids and raising a family. They didn't know which city they were in, but they were also growing apart. And she basically reads him perfectly and says, yeah, I can tell you were walking around questioning your whole life and whether you should be here or not. And then they get to the age gap. He's 35. She's 23, 12 years older. And they don't feel it's weird, that age difference. And then she makes fun of him wearing socks and sandals and says, isn't there sandal on your toes? And he's like, yep. And you got to get used to that here. There's going to be sand in your feet at all times. And he starts telling her the negative (laughs) things about the place. Uh, But then he tells her he's not leaving. Floors are going to be slippery and wet. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, Toronto's a shithole. So is paradise. Fuck everything. And then he moves in and he gets a kiss from Serena P. And the other women players notice all this. They call attention to it. Ivan and Brendan see it happening. And Brendan says that they're doing, in quotes, the paradise thing. And Joe ITMs that now he's happy because he's developing feelings for Serena. So all of his skulking and all of his wishy-washy thinking if he should be there or not, gone in an instant with one kiss. And we know the power of a kiss in our beloved game, as witnessed by Connor the Catman B's elimination from season 17 of Bachelorette when he was not able to render a good kiss. (laughs) Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Sometimes the machine just fucking goes and I can't stop it. Sorry. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, it's a remarkable thing to behold. 
Serena P says, I didn't think I was going to be that girl. I was going to wait it out till date two. Joe says that was a good makeout. That's how 35-year-olds do it. So he's doing some good <laughs> good age play here after he loads his love level one for Serena oh, P. God. And portion number nine begins. We see a bird on a beach. Might have been my creature already. I can't tell. It might be the same one. Natasha's doing yoga. Trey seems to have fallen asleep on a bench. Joe tells Abigail that he and Serena have chemistry and asks, do you think she wants to talk to me more? And David Spade approaches Wells. He is now in a hat tot, says he's zonked out early, and checks in on what has happened. What's the kiss count at? <laughs> this whole thing Wells, right here, if I may. When when Spade comes yeah. up and says that, like, oh, I went to sleep early. Yeah. What what happened? It's like, what's your fucking function here, dude? Are you the DLH or are you not? What is going on? You just Did he come think and he was go. You stay please? up all night and watch them all. <laughs> Something be apprised of it. I have no fucking idea. Just this this idea that the host or whoever the kind of authority figure over the game can be so outside of the game. That he doesn't know what's happening. It just feels weird to me. It's like, what is he doing? He just rolls around as he will, shows up to have these yes. weird conversations. I think he does. I mean, at one point he says, I'm going to get in trouble. People are coming in without me greeting them. <laughs> yeah, like he's doing a bad job of the job he was hired to do. As though that's even possible, by the way, though. You know, like producers are telling him where to go and where to be at all times. So this is kind of like a bit. This is a, a yeah. scripted thing that he's just like, I don't know yeah, what's like going on. Yeah, he's a bad host. That's the bit. Wells tells him, well, we had the most makeout sessions on day one in the history of the show. And this line to me was like, we are in the professional era. Of course, there's going to be the most makeouts on this season. It's been two years. It's the most competitive player pool we've ever had because it's been two years. And that's just what happens with the show. You know, we didn't have a night one kiss until season four, Bob Guinea, because everyone had developed a parasocial relationship with him and they would start to kiss on night one. And you just see it escalate more and more. And of course, Paradise is going to. Wells then goes through all the couples that made out. Connor, Marissa, Ivan, and Jesenia, Aaron. And so I believe that's confirmation. Ivan was kissing Jesenia. Aaron and Tammy, Abigail and Noah, and David Spade says, French, is that back? Another swing and a miss from Spade. But the fact that Wells knows then about Noah and Abigail making out on their date. Mm -hmm. How does he know this? And David Spade doesn't. Clearly producers have told him this. He wasn't there. He doesn't know. But not Spade. I mean, it's possible he could be like, well, Abigail told everyone. I don't, I don't know. It was weird. It was like a weird thing. Like, are the hosts mm -hmm. these omniscient gods seeing over everything or are they not? You got to pick one. You can't have them be like, I don't know what happened. Tell me what happened. How do you know what happened, though? The same people can tell you both. Anyway, I would also go back to your point about it being the professional era. Totally agree. And I think in almost all of these cases... These players were DMing each other. All of this was set up pre-Bachelor in Paradise. They all showed yeah. up saying, we've already talked, we've already DMed. In some cases, they've probably even met in New York, hung out for a while, whatever. All of this is prearranged. There is almost no 
actual jockeying for position going on by any of these players yet. Once the love triangles start happening, that's where we're going to start seeing real play. Once the producers are throwing Kendall Long into the situation to blow the fuck out of grocery store Joe, that's when we're going to start seeing how you react to third audience machinations. Right now, we're watching all the preseason work that these players have done play out. I would say the only thing that they're not in control of with that is they don't know the sand order. So they might have mm. made agreements with players who are not there yet. Right. But if you're an astute player, you're making a few agreements before. <laughs> Just in case. Um, Wells tells Spade the most exciting thing was Tajwan and Trey. I heard Taj said Trey was a much better kisser than his uncle, which... I feel like, again, was just something that was in the document. I don't see Taj running and telling Wells this. And Spade says, running through the family tree, very batch in paradise. I love it. What? When has there been a family tree out in paradise? There hasn't. Actually, I had Kennedy brought in her sister, but they'd never gotten a love they triangle They didn't go after the same people. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Nope. He's very, he's phoning uh, this in for sure. He's just like, how much are you paying me? Okay. That's it. There's, there's no effort being put forth by David Spade here. Bring in Lil John. Lil John is putting a lot of effort into I what he's doing. I can't wait for Lil John. I cannot fucking wait. Then after this moment with Wells and David Spade, we see Kelsey Weir talking to Aaron and Trey, and she ITMs not having a spark yet with anybody, and she wants that opportunity. So she needs to start talking to people. And Victoria Larson and Kelsey Weir start talking about wanting a chivalrous man and they have a hard time pronouncing it. And then Tammy ITMs that it sucks being, that it sucks making the first move, but it needs to happen. And a new player is teased as a bird flies away with that familiar screech sound. And we begin portion 10 with the 24th and final sand of the premiere episode of Bachelor in Paradise season seven. It is, of course, the demigod herself, Demi Burnett. She enters the beach, literally flirting with David Spade, calling him (laughs) Joe Dirt. Oh, hey, Joe Dirt. And you are reminded immediately why Demi Burnett is one of the most charismatic, entertaining players we have ever seen. It's been a little while since she's been in our beloved game. And she is fucking back and immediately electric. Nobody on the beach is doing anything she does here. She's fucking incredible. She's only on screen for a couple lines, but it's like, oh, she's going to run this place. She is so charismatic. Um, she's ITMing who wants to go to the boom boom room. These poor girls, I'm going to steal all their men. I want to F some shit up. And we go out on that. I'm sorry, but I feel like she's playing the Victoria Larson role better than Victoria Larson, who said she was going to F shit up, hasn't effed up anything. Victoria Larson doesn't see what's coming here. Victoria Larson thinks she's a goddess? Demi is literally called fucking Demigod. You're done. I'm going to love watching this head-to-head clash. There is no way Demi loses. Because Demi has abilities that Victoria Larson doesn't. Victoria Larson is foot on the gas, hard as you can, villain, 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 never back down, never retreat. Demi can turn if she needs to. Demi can go from aggressor to victim instantaneously. And when you have that power, 
you're fucking unbeatable. So if Victoria Orson gets in her face and yells, Demi has two choices. She can yell back and maybe win that argument or be like, stop bullying me. And we'll believe it because Demi's fucking good at that too. <laughs> I cannot wait to see them come head to head. And that is obviously what's coming up in the very near future. But at the end of this episode, we get this big teaser for the rest of the season. We see somebody licking whipped cream off of toes. We see people crawling around. There's kissing, working out, blindfolds on. TSJ, love level fouring. We see Kufrin showing up. Thomas. There's going to be an engagement ring. We see McKenna, Titus Burgess, Kendall Long shows up. Aaron and Thomas are fighting. Riley shows up. Mari and Demi are in a love triangle with Kenny. There's massive amounts of psychological breakdowns. Aaron and Ivan also look like they're about to fight. It's going to be a crazy fucking season. And then we get this tag. That is David Spade talking about the mansion he's living in and how there's crabs everywhere. This, of course, was my creature of the week, the crab. And mm-hmm. obviously it was the producer's creature of the week as well because they give the crab the entire tag. But mm. none of this is funny here. Okay. And it's just a strange... <laughs> yeah, there's crabs. There's crabs every season. Bachelor in Paradise is known for the crabs. Primarily. You didn't like that they're spiders with good PR. Maybe if it was 1985, <laughs> that joke would be okay. It's just like, I don't... I like David Spade, too. Like, I don't mean to shit on him. I do, too. I feel like I have shit on him a lot, and I feel a little bad about that, but it it was not modern hosting. I will just say that. This is not his strongest work, and I think also because he's probably handcuffed a little, you know? You're on an ABC show. It's primetime network TV. It's this giant production apparatus around you. He probably was a little handcuffed, but still, like, dude... Just a little effort. Like, he showed up and just was like, I'm David Spade. There was no thought to any of this. If they just would have given him the cast list and been like, dude, write one joke for every one of these players. Just have those ready, Mm -hmm. you know? That would have been better. This shit was off the cuff. It was not good. And even the stuff that they did have scripted, like the not being able to open the champagne bottle, was like, how is this funny in any way or entertaining or anything? It would have been funny if Kelsey had shaken it up and he got blasted. Yeah, he should have done a champagne game. He should have had the fucking champagne hit mm-hmm. his own face. Blast himself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I would have liked that. that That's a timeless great. joke, you know? Ex- yes, it would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> he could have been like, look, moment of solidarity. It happens to the best of us. Goes over his face, whatever. Yeah. At any rate. That was Bachelor in Paradise, Season 7, Episode 1. We hope you guys all enjoyed it. Who was your MVP? As much as I am hesitant to say it, because as I said earlier, it, he might dislike Game of Roses, <laughs> Grocery Store Joe was my MMMMVP. This man loaded walls with the entire beach. He did a general make me stay, and he played them out for this whole episode. He's sulking. He (laughs) made an impression with his clothing, got a new nickname. But then he turns it around and is able to make out with Serena P, who everyone said was the, the hot ticket on sand. And create this 4TRR storyline that, like, he's got these walls because of what happened with Kendall, but he's going to stay for the possibility of love with Serena P. It was just, 
It was beautiful. He was the whole episode. Yeah. Grocery Store Joe, a.k.a. GSJ, was also my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I completely agree with everything you're saying. I'm also just kind of still in awe of the fact that he was a night one guy. And he's now sitting at Mm -hmm. 613,000 Instagram followers. If he can produce a long run through Paradise this season, you know he's going to crack a million. You're looking at a fucking night one guy with a million Instagram followers. If that can be true, any player coming into the game. He's got better PR than the crabs. (laughs) Grocery Store Joe is basically just a spider (laughs) with good PR. If a night one guy can achieve a million Instagram followers than anyone can. And we now will be in this era where any player coming in, regardless of your abilities in the main game, even if you get eliminated on night one, it's possible for you to hit the million follower club. It's possible for you to be a very high level influencer, even getting washed out on a night one. That's something we have never seen before. No. That's real professional era shit, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, when you think about what this episode was about, it was about Grocery Store Joe, but as we shall see, Demi will be entering the game. Demi has entered the chat. There's a young ref. (laughs) Take that one, David Spade. Use that. (laughs) (laughs) But that does it. That wraps up our coverage of Bachelor in Paradise, Season 7, Episode 1. Thank you all for joining us. And thanks, everybody, who was able to pick up one of our 4TRR shirts. We hope that you wear those well and enjoy them through this Bachelor in Paradise season. Next week, we are shifting our schedule. This week, we are going to have a This Week in Bachelor Nation for you on Thursday. Next week, though, our schedule is going to shift because there's going to be Bachelor in Paradise Monday and Tuesday. Then our game coverage will be out Wednesday. And then Friday of next week, we're going to have something very special for you. It's not going to be a This Week in Bachelor Nation. It's going to be something else. I think you will like it even more. I think more. (laughs) Stay tuned for that. And uh, we look forward to delivering you that thing, our surprise episode. God damn, it's going to be good. Anyway, before we go, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,085 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. 
That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 